This is the Teacher Mindset Coach Podcast, episode number 43. Hey, teachers, welcome to the podcast where we do the hard work to uplevel ourselves and have fun along the way. I'm your host, Ashley Wolf, and I'm here to help you rock your world with mindset stories, strategies, and skills that you've probably never been taught before. Let's do the damn thing. Hello, everyone. Today we're talking about the Sunday blues. Boo. (laughs) Okay, y'all. Seriously, when I was thinking about this episode, I was like, man, I used to be such a victim of my own like emotions whenever the Sunday blues would strike out of nowhere and bring me down. I used to think that it was some, you know, external mystery that just happened to me. And it happened to everyone. I was such a victim. But now that I've become way more of an observer of my own thoughts, and I come from the, you know, school of thinking of like, my emotions are created by my thoughts and my patterns of thinking, my beliefs, um, and that I am 100% in control of how I feel my emotions that are created because of my thinking. It has really helped me understand that I can put almost any emotion under the microscope that I'm experiencing and find the thoughts that are attached to it. And then if I want to change those for the better, I can. So it really is something that using the Sunday blues as an example of like a universal thing that a lot of people experience can be a starting point for doing the work of um, knowing the power of your own thinking. I think that's what this really is an example of. So the Sunday blues can be a mystery for professionals working a typical weekday job. Like the things that we tell ourselves about the Sunday blues is like, oh, it just happens to me every Sunday at seven or whatever. You know, you you create this story to create meaning, which is what the brain is there for. And we start to just expect it. And when it comes, we're like, yep. And we're like, no wonder, because you know what else the brain is supposed to do is affirm that we are correct. It goes back to our survivalistic need to be correct so that our species can survive. I mean, this is like the hardwiring of the brain. Now, the Sunday blues is also an opportunity for us to take something that we think is as inevitable as the order of the days on a calendar and start to question everything about it. Questioning is not harmful. Questioning can be a superpower. And if you question the Sunday blues, it can be a gateway for you to be like, huh, so I can notice things about the Sunday blues that I used to think was just inevitable ton of bricks waiting to drop on my head. Notice that's another story. Quite doomsday, if you think about it. And if we start questioning everything about the Sunday blues, then it can open the doors to question everything about other things. This is the work. Being a human, using our brain and our questioning power to improve our lives instead of just maintain the status quo, seek pleasure, avoid pain, which is what the brain, again, is hardwired for. If you are a person who is at my campus, (laughs) I love you, and um, 
just a, a week or two weeks ago, I did a training on the motivational triad, which is what the brain is for seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, staying as efficient as possible, like don't change a thing. And we talked in this training, it was a very brief 30 minute training that students you know, students are hardwired to have this motivational triad pretty much in control of their almost every move. And so are teachers. And like, this is what our prefrontal cortex is for in the brain is to start to look at and plan for and be intentional about how we want our life to be. So to be clear, the goal of this episode is not to train you on how to get rid of the Sunday blues or turn it into a feeling of 100% positive and joyful every Sunday at 7pm. The goal of this episode is to use something that can be universally, universally experienced like the Sunday blues as an example of how you can take a habitual way of feeling and start to use your brain to make conscious decisions to maybe feel it on purpose or to choose to feel a different way. Like if you're a person who says, yeah, I get the blues every Sunday and that's just the way I want to be. That's just, I, I want the Sunday blues. You might be a person who says that. So just know that that's a choice that any, anybody can make. So this episode is about empowerment. This talk is about how you can take something seemingly small and like not harmful, like the Sunday blues, and practice creating different feelings with your thoughts, if you so choose. So let's start there. The Sunday blues, what do you think of that? If we were to just explain the Sunday blues to, let's say, a Martian right now, how would we describe it? Everyone's going to have a different way of describing it. I might describe it as the feeling of sadness that the weekend is coming to an end and the work week is coming up soon. Maybe it's overwhelm of all the stuff that's waiting for me at my weekday job. Perhaps it's the anxiety of returning to a job that someone doesn't like that much. Now, for me, that's not true. I love my job. I love the place I work. I love the people there. And as an aside, it always wasn't this way. The first three years I was at my campus, I'm not going to say I hated every minute of it, but I was really, really uncomfortable and anxious and sad and... um I was convinced it was the workplace, but I did the work to turn that around for myself. And so here I am loving my job. And I still get the Sunday blues a little bit, but it's not because I hate my job. So maybe this is your first time even hearing the phrase Sunday blues. And now you're trying to remember if you've experienced it or not. If you're no stranger to the Sunday blues, think about that for just a moment. There are people out there who have never heard of this phenomenon. Therefore, it is possible that they've never really indulged in feeling terrible on a Sunday evening. You see, one way to look at the Sunday blues is that it's a pattern of indulgent emotions. And when we think of patterns, we think of repetition. Another word for repetition is practice. The Sunday blues I offer to you is a practiced way of being, and therefore it's a practiced way of feeling. 
This is the nature of the human brain and the emotional experience, I think. Our brains want us to be convinced that a bad feeling means something's wrong. It means danger, something ominous. It's an intuitive feeling. It's a, it's that nudge from the universe. Maybe, maybe not. So the first step, I think, in approaching the Sunday blues is to know that the feeling that you experience can truly mean nothing or not much at all. It could just mean that you're a person who feels something. And you can stop the story right there. The Sunday blues also may have a story attached to it for you. When you first started listening to this episode, or maybe when you saw the title, did you start envisioning yourself on a Sunday evening feeling bad? Did your brain start recalling the scenario that it defines as the Sunday blues for you to continue to think the same things? See, the brain loves that. It loves practice. It loves connection. It loves assigning emotional meaning to images in our brains. This is also why my teachers, the brain of children and teachers alike, loves procedures, routines, um, expectations, you know, normalcy, first then, first this, then this, like the, the brain loves that. That's part of the motivational triad of stay af- as efficient as possible. Change means something is wrong. And maybe a change in emotion from the Saturday high to the Sunday low, maybe you're allowing this to mean that there is something wrong but it doesn't have to. I just want to offer that to you. It doesn't have to. Again, the point here, the point of this episode is not to completely do a 180 and try to be elated instead of like down on a Sunday evening. The first step, as I mentioned earlier, is to come to understand that the quote bad feeling is nothing more than a sensation in your body. It means nothing. It's not a warning of something being wrong. It's a sensation crossing through your nervous system and it will pass. Now, of course, this does not mean that I'm telling you that your emotions mean nothing all the time, 100%. To me, nothing is 100%. There are no absolutes. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is like, if your brain is telling you oh, you feel bad on a Sunday, there must be something wrong with you or there must be something wrong with your job. If you look at that as 100% truth without questioning it, that could be the danger zone of indulgent emotions. Indulgent emotions are, in a nutshell, whenever we continue to feel bad and really nothing comes of it and we're not questioning it. We're not working on it and we're just allowing it to get worse and worse, just festering like a sore. And we're just complaining about and adding bad emotion layered on top of bad emotion. So that's when we indulge and we don't want to be there, but we don't get ourselves out either. Victimhood is one of my indulgent emotions. Righteousness is another one of my indulgent emotions, which are almost opposites. (laughs) So This is not an episode on indulgent emotions, but indulgent emotions, if this is the first time you're hearing uh, me describe this, 
it's an emotional place that you really don't want to be, but you're just not sure how to get out of. And so you just continue just like with anything with practice. The human brain is really good at forming these neural pathways of thinking things that lead us to an indulgent emotions because in the moment, in the moment that I'm feeling righteousness, I'm very, very committed to feeling that way because I think that something is going to go my way or I'm not allowing myself to open up to the opinions, the ways of others. Um, and I think that I'll feel better. But in reality, I know logically me feeling righteous all the time and acting the way I act when I feel righteous is not the way I want to be. So all that to say, your emotions do not have to be the end all and be all of making meaning to your life. You can take an emotion like victimhood or, you know, being uh, righteous and be like, hmm, do I want to feel this way? And you are in the driver's seat, not the emotion itself. So when I say that your emotion means nothing, I'm not trying to downgrade your emotional experience. I'm just saying you are the one who can be in the driver's seat instead of the emotion. Okay. So some of you can pause right here and just work on this for a few weeks. Go through your weekend. Enjoy it. Get to the point where you typically feel the Sunday blues. Acknowledge that you feel it. Describe it and identify the feeling. Talk about the feeling like you're just watching it as it courses through your body. Does it start in your chest and move to your stomach? Do your legs and hands get antsy and itchy and jumpy and twitchy? Just talk about it. I've guided so many people through processing an emotion with a variety of different scenarios. And the empowering part is you literally can take yourself into the driver's seat, into the position of power, along with the emotion and remind yourself that you really are the one in control and you can observe the emotion itself as it passes through your body. Describe it like a scientist. Also notice when your brain instinctively starts making the Sunday blues mean that something is wrong. You'll start hearing phrases and sentences about how you feel or about your beliefs about your job or your home life. It's all very personal and it's all very practiced. Stories usually are. In my Facebook group, it's a private, I think it's probably even a secret Facebook group where I went live this last Friday and I said, you know, watch out for story time. Not in the sense of like, okay, kids gather around, but it's like, what stories are your, is your brain already constructing about the school year, about you as a teacher, about your students, about your coworkers? Just notice that and be like, huh, is that fact or fiction? Because we spend a lot of time in our imagination, fictionally um, creating stories to make meaning, and we never question it. So just want you to know, these stories are going to start as soon as the school year starts. Now, if you're ready for deeper work, you can start writing down the story that you have about your job, your position, the people you work with, the students in your class this year, or what you think of yourself as a capable teacher. What is coming up in your mind when you feel the Sunday blues? There's something there 
It'll take time. If you're ready to do this work, it'll take time. So if you don't know, carve out that time. This is your self-care. This is what I call like the unsexy side of self-care is like the mental work. The sexy side of self-care is mani-pedi, massages in Mexico. (laughs) But the unsexy side of of self-care is when you spend time with you and you uncover some of the ugliness. You, You uncover some of the stuff that you're not proud of uncovering. This is the mental health that teachers need to be taught how to um, prioritize for themselves. So write down what is running through your mind when you feel the dread come up on a Sunday afternoon, when you realize that the weekend is coming to an end. This is really important. It's also important to note that writing it down is not an admission of guilt or a confession that you are wrong or it, that you know, it's to be seen by everybody. Writing it down will also not make it more true. Just like cleaning out a closet and finding that missing sock, thoughts need to be pulled out of our minds on the regular. Just like with the missing sock at the back of the closet, you have decisions to make after you find it. Do you want to clean it up and put it back into the rotation of socks in your drawer? Or do you want to toss it? Thoughts can be a lot like this. When you take some time to write down your thoughts, you can approach them like an observer. You can read over them as many times as you want. And above all, you can acknowledge them as thoughts that are in your control to think on purpose, or you can allow them to fade away. And that actually takes just as much work as thinking them on purpose. If you find a thought in your mind that you're not particularly fond of, such as, I don't want to go to work tomorrow, which leads to feeling, you know, which leads to a feeling um, that is not particularly attractive on a Sunday evening, making the connection between the two is super important. The thought causes the feeling, not the workplace, not the coworker, not the students the thought. You know how I know it's the thought and not the workplace? Because there are other people at your workplace who may think, I want to go to work tomorrow. And they feel something more positive or they feel excited. They feel differently than what the thought of, I don't want to go to work tomorrow leads to. It's not the workplace that causes the Sunday blues, y'all. It's your chosen thought about it. And the chosen thought can be quite simple, such as, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. So we notice it's there and we have more choices to make. This is where you start to sit in the driver's seat. Do we want to keep this thought in our rotation and think it on purpose? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Do we want to clean this thought up and improve our feelings? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. At least the intentional choice is there. I want to keep thinking this thought is where your power comes to you. And as you may have guessed, saying, I do want to go to work tomorrow when you truly don't believe that shit (laughs) won't work. 
It's just not that easy. If it was that easy, we would all be feeling good most of the time without having to do any of the work. So let's practice what I call add-ons that might help. An add-on is a phrase that helps us understand ourselves, helps us understand our thinking and our emotions just a little bit better. An add-on helps us have a little more compassion for ourselves, especially in times when we feel badly about something and we want to make improvements for ourselves. So here's a few add-ons that you can try. We're going to take the phrase, I don't want to go to work tomorrow, and we're going to try adding on, quote, and that's okay, end quote. So it sounds like this, I don't want to go to work tomorrow, and that's okay. Maybe we could try naming the emotion that you feel with the Sunday blues and try an add-on as well. So it would sound something like this. I feel rotten about going to work tomorrow, and that's okay. See how something so simple as, and that's okay, helps us understand that the entire experience of the Sunday blues is nothing to be alarmed about. It's nothing to be anxious about. Adding a layer of anxiety, by the way, or resistance to the negative feeling of the Sunday blues only makes it worse. What I mean by this is we feel badly about feeling badly. (laughs) And then the badness just compounds. So saying something accepting, such as, and that's okay, after nearly anything negative can ease the burden of the negative feeling. The burden is what's heavy. The resistance to the heaviness makes it worse. It's like when I'm working out or doing work around the yard and I feel physically uncomfortable. I don't start whining about it out loud because for me, that will only make my entire experience that much worse. I just acknowledge that I feel crappy and that it'll be over soon and... I can actually choose to stop at any time. I don't have to carry the bags of mulch from my truck to the yard. I actually don't have to do that. I can make my husband do it. (laughs) So like complaining about when things are hard doesn't make it any easier. Oddly enough, we can choose to stop indulging in the Sunday blues at any time as well. We just haven't been told that it's optional. And we haven't been taught how. So to recap really quick, anyone feeling the Sunday blues who wants to work on it to make it better can start by just describing what's going on, acknowledge and notice it. Describing it like you're talking to a Martian who's keenly interested in understanding the Sunday blues can help you get through it. Then You can get to the point where you've found the story that your brain is constructing about the Sunday blues, and you can write it down for closer inspection. And after that, you can start practicing the art of adding on a supportive or accepting phrase such as, and that's okay, at the end of your somewhat negative patterns of thinking. And you can also add on, and that's okay, to when you are describing your negative emotions. While this work is going on, holding the understanding that feeling badly 
for feeling badly is also a habit. We are very quick to judge ourselves for feeling badly because maybe we think we are supposed to love our jobs. Friends, believing that you are supposed to be 100% positive all the time is called toxic positivity. I'll be doing an episode on this because it's very important that we understand that toxic positivity is not coming from the outside into us. Toxic positivity comes from within us to try to present as some specific way to the outside world. How's that for a brain buster? So let's just put a pin in that for a while. So again, the Sunday blues, habituated way of being and feeling, totally open for inspection, and in your control as far as if you want to make improvements or not. So trying to describe it, trying to write it out, and trying your add-ons, I don't want to go to work tomorrow and that's okay, can be a very powerful place to be, even just for this school year. Like that could be something that you just try all year and having that compassion that you're allowing yourself to feel badly about it will open you up to the answers that are going to be most true for you. So the, the private Facebook group that I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be going live, giving information, um, doing some coaching this year. That's going to be one of my um, goals as far as nurturing that group and really giving way more of what I know into that group. Because as I morph into and create myself as the teacher mindset coach for my district, um, I'm wanting to, you know, put into practice what I want to give teachers um, in that private Facebook group. So please find, find the teacher mindset coach and um, yeah, join the group. That's really all I want is for more people to join so that if this is right up your alley and, and you're on Facebook, um, then yes, please join us. I'm also on Instagram, Teacher Mindset Coach. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast. Send a link, send this epi- episode to somebody. Um, I would really love to um, get to know more of you and to help more of you. Really, that's where my heart is. I want I want teachers to become better at managing their life. This is not my my goal is not to make you a better teacher, because I think if you do this work on yourself, it, you'll become a better teacher anyway, like a byproduct of this work. So until next week, y'all, um, embrace the Sunday blues and call it out for what it is. It's just a habit. It's just a pattern. And you can totally change it if you want to. I will see you next time. Bye. If you got something out of today's show, I invite you to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. I'd also love to see you in the Teacher Mindset Coach Facebook group so we can nerd out on mindset work as a community of badass teachers. And remember, you can always email me at coachwithwolf, W-O-L-F-E, at gmail.com. Now go be awesome. See you next time.